So let's go to Hobbit. And how does Tolkien do this with the Hobbit? I've got three things I'd like to share with you from the Hobbit, probably about 15 minutes for each one. Okay, I want to show you the opening clip with the dragon coming in to Erebor. I want to show you the invitation to the adventure where Gandalf says, I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure, right? And how he almost what? Misses it. Ah. And then we'll probably, hopefully we'll get to end class with riddles in the dark. We'll talk about the power of paradox and how riddles, paradox can save your life and get you out of a dark place. Fair enough? Okay, so let's do that. Uh, is it up there? Yes. Oh, there we go. We got there last class. All right, who has seen uh, Hobbit movie number one? Anybody seen the movie? We got to just take my audience, most of us. If you haven't, spoiler alert, but it's worth watching. It's a great one. You can read the book even better, right? Even better. Yeah, let's hit the lights. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. What? What? Oh, we got the rest of the class. You want to do notes? Page 163 is where I'll be teaching from in the guidebook, okay? before the doors of the greatest kingdom in Middle-earth, Erebor, stronghold of Thrall, king under the mountain, mightiest of the dwarf lords. Thrall ruled with utter surety, never doubting his house would endure, for his line lay secure in the lives of his son and grandson. Ah, 
built deep within the mountain itself, the beauty of this fortress city was legend. Its wealth lay in the earth, in precious gems hewn from rock, and in great seams of gold running like rivers through stone. The skill of the dwarves was unequal, fashioning objects of great beauty out of diamond, emerald, ruby, and sapphire. Ever they delve deep down into the dark, and that is where they found it. The heart of the mountain. The Arkenstone. Thor named it the King's Jewel. He took it as a sign a sign that his right to rule was divine. All would pay homage to him, even the great elven king, Thranduil. But the years of peace and plenty were not to last. Slowly the days turned sour, and the watchful nights closed in. love of gold had grown too fierce. See, now it's interesting, real quick. Up until 30 seconds ago, how are things going? Pretty good. They were going right. Anybody got a problem with a rich king who's super generous and wise? You got a problem there? No, he's blessing the people around him. He's blessing the people he's in. It's like Solomon, right? Like silver was normal in Solomon's kingdom. And it's, it's helpful, it's, it's generous, he's wise, he's good, he's established. No problems. We're fine. And this is really important to understand that the kingdom was healthy. Had any dragons shown up yet? No. When does the dragon show up? In just a few minutes. Does that make sense? It shows up after what the greed after the sickness of the mind over the gold right let me just take a minute here give you some context tolkien wrote a super super famous critique of beowulf called the monsters and the critics it's world renowned uh, it's basically what made him famous uh, in the non-christian world and uh, it's brilliant brilliant he talks about how Monsters in mythic stories and legends reveal and attack our weaknesses. Okay? You'll hear that tomorrow in the Nat Geo thing as well. Monsters reveal and attack our weaknesses. He got that from Beowulf. Think about this. Uh, who knows Beowulf's story? Oh, you got Beowulf, Rothgar, King of the Danes. It opens up with them singing praise and worship songs to a creator. Right, so these are, these are newly converted Christians who are worshiping a creator in a giant mead hall. And uh, mead, if you know mead, right, that's some thick stuff right there. Um, and they, they worship, which is fine. Nobody comes, the, de the demon Grendel doesn't come during the worship time. When does Grendel attack? When they're drunk and hungover after the worship time. Their weakness. The demon comes in, rips the doors off and then eats a bunch of them and goes back to his marsh. And he keeps doing this. He only attacks when they're drunk. Got it? 
Well, Beowulf the hero comes sailing over the ocean and comes to rescue them. He is the strong-hearted, wakeful warrior. Why is he able to fight off the monster? Because he doesn't what? Get drunk. <laughs> like, it's pretty basic, but we think that through. Interesting, even later for Beowulf, he becomes arrogant, prideful, and has a ton of treasure, and that's when the dragon shows up. And Wiglaf, who's not arrogant and not prideful, helps kill the dragon. All right, so Tolkien's pulling from this, and he realizes that this is true for, for literature. It's powerful to think through that concept. How about even in your own life? Where is the enemy trying to attack you right now? Your what? Your weakness. People who don't have a lust problem don't have a porn problem it's not their weakness does that make sense like he's going to get your self-control or your lust or your desire for uh, connection through gossip the enemy will the monster will reveal your weakness and then do what with it attack it in the lord of the rings the dragon or sorry in the hobbit the dragon comes when he gets greedy and prideful that's what the monster is revealing and attacking that. How are we able to kill the dragon in The Hobbit? Is a prideful, greedy person going to kill the dragon? No way. Who does it? Bard, which means poet. Bard, who is humble and not greedy, has the key, right, the arrow to kill the dragon. Fair enough? In its heart, by the way. We track it? Something to chew on. Something, I think it's a wonderful takeaway here for us walking through the halls, knowing that if we're getting attacked by the enemy in this certain spot, either we need to reinforce ourselves there or get someone who doesn't have that weakness to help us fight it off. had begun to grow within him. It was a sickness of the mind. And where sickness thrives, Bad things will follow. The first they heard was a noise like a hurricane coming down from the north. The pines on the mountain creaked and cracked in the hot, dry wind.
dragons covered gold with a dark and fierce desire. of his kin against the wrath of the dragon. No help came from the elves that day, or any day since. Robbed of their homeland, the dwarves of Erebor wandered the wilderness, a once mighty people brought low. The young dwarf prince took... Young dwarf what? Prince. Did he lose his identity all of a sudden now? No, he's still what? He's still a prince. He should be king. But some evil creature came and took over the kingdom and kicked him out. And now he's a prince who's just wandering around doing stuff. Are we catching it? What's the story about? The story's about this prince reclaiming his identity desiring to be king under the mountain, reclaiming treasure that has been stolen. Oh! Well, that's whose story? Like that's how many, If you've been paying attention for the past two weeks, what have I been trying to help you understand? You guys are princes and princesses. Right? And is there an enemy who's stolen treasure of the kingdom down here? Yes, yeah, so what do we got to do? Steal it back. Get it back, right? This is a story about people working together to take back what was rightfully theirs, to get back the treasure of the kingdom. One of my favorite pastors, uh, Heidi Baker, uh, she's amazing. She travels the world helping the poor. Um, she says this, uh, we've, we need to go reclaim the treasure that has been stolen. She says, you know what I, I think is God's favorite treasure? Children. She sees her life in this mindset of reclaiming the lost, stolen children. Yeah, you got to go. See, guys. The lost, stolen children that have been stolen by the enemy. It's very real. Like, we don't want to sit here and say, oh, but I guess it's God's will that the dragon came because that's what happened. Is that God's will? No. no. Like, we can't do that. We're misunderstanding God's will and how that works. Go back to the parfait. 
Ilvatar allowed the dragon to come in and kick everybody out, but is that what he wants? No way. He wants these dwarves and Bilbo, he wants these guys to go kick it back out and reclaim the prosperity for the kingdom and the health for the kingdom. Yeah? I don't know. When I hear Heidi Baker say she, she reclaims kids, like, is it worth reclaiming a girl from sex trafficking? A 12-year-old who's some 35-year-old sweaty man's paying five bucks for? Yeah, that's not cool. Let's go get that treasure back for the king and for the kingdom. Yeah? Kids who are dying of poverty, let's, let's get them back so they can get their, their childhood, so they can reclaim their identity. Fair enough? And even beyond just children, there's so many other things that are kingdom treasure that we can reclaim and help people find their true identity. Making sense? Yeah. Kind of cool. Work where he could find it, laboring in the villages of men. But always he remembered the mountain smoke beneath the moon, the trees like torches blazing bright. For he had seen dragon fire in the sky, and a city turned to ash. And he never forgave, and he never forgot. That, my dear Frodo, is where I come in. For quite by chance, and the will of chance? the wizard, fate decided right. I would become part of this tale. Hmm. It began, well, it began as you might expect. In a hole in the ground, they lived a hobbit. Hmm. And then we get some of this stuff, and the big party, right? And he tells, he tells him that he's getting a little recluse and pushing people away. Good gracious. Is it today? They all say they're coming, except for the Sackville Baggins. We're demanding you ask them in person. Are they indeed? My dead body. Probably find that quite agreeable. Uh, you seem to think you have tunnels overflowing with gold. It was one small chest, hardly overflowing. And it still smells of troll. Nah. What on earth are you doing? Taking precautions. You know, I caught her making off with a silverware once. Who? Lobelia, Sackville Baggins. She had all my spoons stuffed in her pocket. Dreadful woman. Make sure you keep an eye on her after I'm... What? When I'm... When I'm... When you're... What? It's nothing. Nothing. You know, some people are beginning to wonder about you, Uncle. They think you're becoming odd. Odd? He already is odd. Unsociable. Unsociable? Me? Nonsense. Be a good lad and put that on the game. That's so great. Chance to lit up his whiz boppers. He'll give us quite a show. You'll see. Right, I'm off. Off to where? East Farthing Woods. I'm going to surprise him. 
Well, go on then. You don't want to be late. He doesn't approve of being late. <laughs> Not that I ever was. In those days, I was always on time. I was entirely respectable. And nothing unexpected ever happened. So think of yourself now. What would you guys be? 78? 79? 77? Imagine being then and having missed the adventure. See, Bilbo said yes. I almost said no. Right, but I love thinking about Gandalf, kind of like the Holy Spirit. In both of these stories, he blows into town and kicks them out of their doors and then just keeps going. He's got his staff even like a little flame at the top. But how might God be inviting you on adventure, on an adventure right now? What would that look like? Good morning. What do you mean? Do you mean to wish me a good morning or do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Or perhaps you mean to say that you feel good on this particular morning. Or are you simply stating that this is a morning to be good on? <laughs> All of them at once, I suppose. <laughs> Can I help you? That remains to be seen. Uh. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. An adventure? would have much interest in adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable thing. Make you late for dinner. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I think that I should have lived a big good morning by Belladonna Took's son, as if I were selling buttons at the door. Beg your pardon? You've changed. I'm not entirely for the better, Bilbo Baggins. I'm sorry, do I know you? Well, you know my name, although you don't remember I belong to it. I'm Gandalf. And Gandalf means... Uh, me. Not Gandalf, the wandering wizard who made such excellent fireworks. Oh, too. Used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Oh. <clears throat> no idea he was still in business. Where else should I be? <clears throat> Somewhere else. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to find you remember something about me. Even if it's only my fireworks. Well, that's decided. It will be very good for you. Most amusing for me. I love that. I wonder if God says that sometimes. Like, this will be good for you, and I'm going to have a great time watching this happen. <laughs> like... Right, but I love what he says there. I put it in my little textbook. I'm looking for someone to go on an adventure. No, I'm looking for someone to share 
in an adventure because Gandalf is already what? On the adventure. He's already doing it. He's inviting him into it, right? I shall inform the others. <laughs> what? No, no. No, wait. Uh, we do not want wait, any adventures here. Thank you. Not today. <laughs> not, I suggest you try over the hill or across the water. Good morning. <laughs> like Moses like now don't pick me sorry somebody else for the job right and I love this sense of he's got a comfortable hobbit hole he's got a comfortable life he's got his fish and chips by the fire you almost can't blame him on one hand does that make sense I think that's where they do a good job in this movie setting that up I know you want me to keep playing it but you can watch it tonight but then what happens? They all come in, right? I love this, like, who's gonna show up at your door and invite you to go on a missions trip? Or an adventure? Or to go travel somewhere? Or to try something new? Or whatever, and he has all these people come in, it's not expected, they barge in, eat his food, have a big song fest, and then Thorin shows up, and he's got a map. I love that he's got a map. Maps are good. He's got a map. And Gandalf has a key. And now we start putting a plan together. And it's amazing what can happen in one night over dinner. The whole course of Middle Earth changes tonight. Right? One conversation can change the world. Pretty cool. And, uh,. They talked to him about, oh, yeah, that's right. But by the way, we have to kill a dragon. And Bilbo's like, what in the world? I love this, though. When I was a kid, I used to be so frustrated. My religious spirit in me got all angst because he was a burglar. I'm like, but burglar stealing's bad. Unless you're stealing from who? From the devil. From the, devil, from the dragon. Then it's good. <laughs> oh, click. And I had to get over that. Finally did. Right? But then we get this conversation about doilies and his comfortable hobbit hole, right? And he's like, I just can't do it, sorry. And he keeps finding excuses not to go. Versus these guys are finding reasons to go. You don't have to do this. You have a choice. You've done honorably by our people. You have built a new life for us in the Blue Mountains. A life of peace and plenty. A life that is worth more than all the gold in Aragorn. From my grandfather to my father, this has come to me. They dreamt of the day when the dwarves of Erebor would reclaim their homeland. There is no choice, Balin. Not for me. Then we are with you, laddie. We will see it done. 
I love the weight of this sub. This is epic. This is huge. They're gonna go kill a dragon. Have you stepped into something in your life with that kind of weight and danger even, right? we don't want in 60 years you wake up in your cozy little hobbit hole but you realize there was that day that you what you missed it and don't worry the Holy Spirit will keep asking but if you keep telling him to go away or you keep saying no <laughs> you might what yeah you might miss it I just don't want you, I mean, seriously I don't want you to miss your life and the call for today is into authentic discipleship. Stepping into that, that journey with the king. Hello? Into your identity and his amazing adventure he has for you. But we have to do what? We got to say yes. He's like, yes, I got him to leave. Ah. See, why, why can't they force him to go? It's too big. It's too big of an adventure. It's too risky. It's too epic. You can't force people to go on that stuff. They have to what? They have to want to go. They have to choose it. Why do you think Jesus invites you? He wants you to what? Choose it. No shame in staying, really. It's just, you'll miss it. <laughs> going on an adventure I don't, and maybe it'll last six months maybe it's six years maybe it's 60 I don't know I just don't want you to what I just don't want you to miss it fair enough 
It's different for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a sense for me at the end of this semester that if your life doesn't feel like an epic adventure, you might be missing your life, <laughs> right? Don't want that for you. Thoughts, questions, or comments on that? All right. Well, then let's keep going. And he does. He goes on the adventure. They gets a pony. He forgot his handkerchief. Oops, <laughs> right? It's just great. And it's, it's, it just all unfolds. They realize, though, that there's, there's danger here. There, there's orcs that are attacking them. There's a legacy of orcs trying to hunt them down, right? He learns more of who he's with, but it rains. It's cold. It's hard. They meet Redagast, who talks about Saruman. And Sa sorry, Sauron, who's coming back. That shadow is awakening. The evil's getting bigger than just a dragon, right? This is overwhelming. And then they get attacked by trolls. That's no fun. Gonna get eaten by trolls on your journey. Be better to just stay in your hobbit hole, right? Like, it's gonna be hard. Who said it was gonna be easy? Think of Paul. Paul the Apostle preaching the Gospels to the Gentiles. How'd that go? <laughs> oh my gosh, right? How many times did he almost die and thrown in prison and whipped and beaten by the religious people even? Whew, right? It's hard. But they make it. And actually, each of these trials, like James says, rejoice in the trials. Each of these trials teaches them something. They learn. They grow. This is where Frodo, uh, Bilbo gets the sword sting. He gets a bunch of treasure from the trolls. Right? It's cool. They get equipped for their journey. God's not going to call you on an adventure and a journey and not equip you for it. He's not cruel. Right? They end up at Rivendell. They meet uh, Elrond. They meet Galadriel and Saruman. They also learn more of these other orcs that are hunting them down. They get powerful information for the journey. They get equipped. They get safe travel, safe rest. But then they get into the mountains and there's rock giants. What the heck? Who's heard of rock giants before, right? <laughs> but again, this is what I would think about for next week, right? Your final exam. The journey is what? ups and downs and hard times and you're all we're all on one right they end up down in the mountain here under it and getting attacked by goblins look at that guy yeah 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 and then here's where bilbo lands falls back into a cave think allegory of the cave goes back into a cave and he bumps into Gollum. Yeah, I know. Convenient. That sword is glowing because there's a goblin or an orc around. So it glows when the enemy's around. That'd be a great app, wouldn't it? The finding of the ring that abandoned Gollum. The directors do a great job with this moment. There's an orc and something else. The sword is glowing. Orcs are enemies. Goblins are enemies, right? Now watch them. 
So the goblin dies, the light goes out, which means the other thing is not a what? Not a goblin, it's not an orc. Actually, he's not even the enemy. He's a what? A hobbit could be a friend, right? that sword he'd be what dead. he'd be dead I mean even down to this symbolic language that Tolkien uses it's right in the Hobbit itself it's a, a blade out of Gondolin a powerful sword in the dark I, it, it amazes me how many Wheaton Academy students think that they can go off to college and be fine without their sword which is the Word of God you'll get what I've watched it. You'll get eaten alive out there if you don't have a sword. He hardly even knows how to use it. At least just what? At least has one. Get a couple apps on your phone at least. You've got to have the sword. I've, I remember reading this and I put the book down with my kids and I said, Anna, Eli, he'd be dead if he didn't have his what? Sword. They got it, right? Yet there's so many students who think they're, they're fine without the Bible. Really? Okay. <laughs> Wait till you're in the dark with something that wants to devour you. Nice to have a sword. All right. Let's set this up here. I'm going to let it play for a second. But look what Tolkien does, even for kids, like nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Allegory of the cave. We've got a creature turning into a shadow down here who can make himself invisible. He's off the journey. He needs to get out. He's trapped. He's lost in the darkness with something that's prowling around in the dark looking for someone to devour. That is a direct quote from Scripture, actually. And here we go. We've got it. Right? Watch what happens. I'm warning you. Don't come any closer. Does it like to play? 
maybe. Right. As roots, as nobody sees. Is taller than trees. Up, up, up it goes. And yet, never grows. The mountain. Yes, yes. Oh, that's a another Yes, do it again, do it again, ask us. No, no more riddles. Finish him off. Finish him now. Go on, go on. No, no, no. I, I want to play. I do. I want to play. I can see you are very good at this. So, why don't we? The game of riddles. Yes, just, just, just you and me. Yes. Yes, just, just, us. just us. Yes, yes. And, and, and if I win, you should be the way out. Yes. 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 And if it loses, what then? If it loses, precious, then we eat it. If Baggins loses. We eat it whole. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Ah, like, fair enough. Like, what? I didn't think about this. This is a crazy scene. But wait, let's look at it even on another level. Like, how this can point to our story. Is there some... I, I, people are like, how could you read that to your kids? I'm like, well, it's horrifying. But actually, is there someone prowling around in the dark wanting to destroy my children? There actually is. Like, I'm so, I gotta tell them about the enemy at some point. It's a great, a great opportunity. And we've gotta be prepared. And, and Satan does challenge us to a riddle every now and then. But I think it's interesting, some of us have riddles in our lives that we haven't solved, especially ones of Christianity. And they're gnawing at us, they're eating us from the inside out. We haven't surrendered to them. I think this game of riddles in the dark is a really powerful metaphor where you've got one character asking a riddle and the other one has to solve it or they get eaten. But if they can solve the riddle and stump the other one, they get out of the dark cave into the light and keep going on their journey. Oh, it's so profound. Rebecca's first. Thirty white horses on a red hill. First they champ, then they stamp, then they stand still. See, what does it take to answer a riddle? You gotta pay attention. You gotta think creatively. You gotta use paradox. Tooth. Nah, in the book it's six. Okay, listen to this one. If he doesn't answer this, he dies. What does it take to answer a riddle? <laughs> Your life depends on it? 
This one, I love Tolkien. Look what he did. It's four paradoxes. Voiceless cries, wingless flutters, toothless bites, mouthless mutters. If you can get the paradox, you can save your life. What's the answer? Anybody? Wind. Wind. And you're like, oh, click. I got it. Right? It's simple. The answer's there. But think about that with Jesus. First shall be last, last shall be first. You got to die to live. Virgins are giving birth. Right? Like, there's a three equals one. There's, so, there's a loving God who allows evil. How many of us have these riddles, these theological, these philosophical, these doctrinal riddles that are eating us alive? And if we can accept the paradox, accept the mystery, accept the answer, we can find a lot of freedom. So we may not get literally eaten, but maybe metaphorically. It's just brilliant, right? The way that Tolkien allows for kids to see the power of paradox and the ability to move past a riddle. And I love what, like, what does it take to answer a riddle? What kind of followers, what kind of disciples does Jesus want to think creative, to think with paradox, to accept mystery, to focus and pay attention? If you don't want to answer a riddle, will you? No. Just a minute. Oh, oh, Weavers, Weavers, shut up. Ah, here we go. It's wind. Of course it is. Very clever, Robertsis. Very clever. A box without hinges, key, or, or lid. Yet golden treasure inside is hid. Oh, I love that. You have to think differently. I remember reading that when I was like eight or whatever. The first time, I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, what well, box? It's nasty. <laughs> Give up? Give us a chance, precious. Give us a chance. See you guys. Nice job today. Eggs is eggs. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. The yolk. Clever. So good. See you guys. Take nice job today. We'll see you Monday. All right.